Welcome to this special NBA Finals edition of the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it's currently 2 p.m. on Saturday, the 3rd of October. On today's show, we'll be breaking down Game 2. That's what it's all about. Don't forget to check out our social media. We're running a great giveaway competition at the moment. We're giving away a special Lakers Black Mamba jersey. Is that how you pronounce it, JL, the whole line? I would say so. Sounds good to me, mate. Yeah, and it's a hot property. It's going crazy, especially on Instagram. It's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go into the competition. We're stopping the entries right at tip-off of Game 3, so only a couple more days to enter. It was sold out very quickly. It's a great jersey. Go check it out. There we go. You got there in the end, mate. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a great show. It's time for tip-off. are telling him not to be doing that. Once again, welcome to this special NBA Finals edition of the Bronx Shear Basketball Show. It's our Game 2 edition, post-game today. JL, how you going, mate? Yeah, all things all things going quite well here. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, apart from the sort of lackluster game that we just had to witness. It was a bit, it was a bit of a snooze fest, that's for sure. So the Lakers came away 124 to 114 winners over the Heat. Obviously, we're going to come into this saying that Goran Dragic uh, was not playing, neither was Bam Adebayo, despite Bam uh, reportedly begging to be listed as active. Did you see that? Yeah, so he didn't have to wear a mask. So he didn't have to wear a mask. (laughs) Um, And he could cheer on the team or something like that. So Bam Dragic didn't play two key players, especially in this bubble and it's sort of like the writings on the wall for the Heat, and that's the summary of the game. But let's break it down, JL. Uh, just general thoughts, other than it was a sort of whatever game. What do you think? Well, I mean, we sort of expected it going into the tip-off. Um, we knew that Dragic was out, and Bam was sort of a game-time decision. They announced it a few hours beforehand. Um, and as soon as he was out, you just knew that, whatever hope that Miami had, it was going to be ridiculously tough to come back and try and win that. Um, and then we saw it from from the get-go. They started Myers Leonard um, to replace Bam and instantly the Lakers just tried to attack him. And from that point on, the Lakers <laughs> got out to an early lead and Miami sort of stuck around longer than we expected and made it somewhat interesting towards the end. Um, but yeah, it was... There was no real ebbs and flows of the game. It wasn't any like runs. It was all pretty stagnant the entire way through. Um, and the Lakers just got the job done towards the end. Paul Myers Leonard, you know, he was probably so excited. Um, NBA finals start. 
living the dream, whatever you want to call it, especially for a guy who's barely played in this in this playoffs. He hasn't really played in the playoffs. I know he. they were saying he played so much and start, even started so much of the season before the bubble. Yeah. But um, into the bubble, he, he, like Kendrick Nunn, who was also inserted, uh, just sort of got pushed out of the rotation. So, but yeah, four minutes in, Miami had to drag him because Lakers were going at him, as you say. And yeah, just from then on, I mean, that's, I, I just want to get into straight away as we talk about how each team sort of went offensively. Let me ask you this, JL. How long is Kelly Olynyk going to have to carry this Miami Heat team <laughs> on the offensive end? I was watching this game and I was genuinely thinking he is the Heat's best offensive weapon that was out there tonight. I And I do want you to give me some Kelly Olynyk thoughts, but let me just say that I, I thought I was wrong, and maybe I still am about saying mid-season, that Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn would hit the rookie wall. And maybe they still haven't, but they're not capable. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and obviously Kendrick Nunn are not capable of this task. Well, I mean, as a Celtic supporter, I've seen the clinic time and time again. <laughs> and, you know, I witnessed him drop 27 <laughs> off memory in a game seven against the Wizards. Um, like that's a, He's always been quite a decent offensive player. Um, obviously, his lack of athleticism sort of limits him a bit defensively. Um, but he's got this weird, ugly game where he puts up threes and he's a good shooter from outside. But inside, he's got this sort of weirdly crafty post moves where he just whips his arms around the defender and manages to score. It doesn't look good, but quite often it gets the job done. And today was one of those games where, yeah, they put him into the lineup and he wasn't great on the court overall because he's a liability defensively. But when you need points because you're missing out of bio and Dragic, He's not the worst option. The clinic. I love that name. Uh, 24 points, stayed on the court for 37 minutes, which was the third most for the Heat and coming off the bench. Uh, as you said, uh, of course, it's so easy to see his defensive liabilities, but he, he was great on offense for them today. And I felt like he was sort of keeping them in the game in in one one way or another. He's, he's always going to be consistent. That's one thing you can rely on with Kelly. But then like you mentioned with... Um, Hero Robinson and Kendrick Nunn, I feel for them in a way because they're all quite decent young players. And I mean, Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson are 25 and 26, I'm pretty sure. So they're actually quite old. Uh, But Hero is the youngest player ever to start in the finals, which is a fun little statistic. But I think what happens when you come into the NBA, no matter who you are, 99 times out of 100, if you're playing the guard position, you're going to be a, de- a bad defender. And we've seen time and time again, players get touted as this, you know, they're going to be a great wing defender. They're going to be a great guard defender. They're, they're long, they're athletic and they come into the league and they're just lost. And part of it's just the the new terminology. Part of it's just the, the way offenses run. They're so much more complex than in colleges. So these guys, yeah, eventually they might be able to hold their own, as defenders later on, but right now it's just every time Duncan Robinson's on the floor, LeBron's calling for a pick and roll, getting a switch and yeah. attacking him. I'm here criticizing Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and Kendrick Nunn. Tyler Hero, the youngest player to ever start in the NBA Finals, has 17 points. 
you would think that their number one option on, on defense and offense, especially with Bam out, Jimmy Butler wouldn't only have eight more points than Tyler Hero. He had 25 points, which is nice. but And it's so nice for Jimmy Butler to have 13 assists, and it's it's lovely. But Jimmy has to put his head down, do what he does best, go to the line, shoot free throws, do whatever. He has to score more. I think 30 is a minimum while Dragic and Adebayo are out. Well, I was watching it and I didn't have the box score open, which I tend to like to do because sometimes you get too invested in the stats of it when they're playing. And I saw that it kept popped up on the screen that Butler's only had three field goal attempts in when it had about five minutes left of the second quarter. And I'm just thinking like Jimmy's got to be more aggressive. And just from an, just from a visual standpoint, you could tell he just looked passive and he was always trying to pass first. And then at halftime, he had about eight free throws. So he was driving and getting bumped, but it wasn't like he wasn't looking to score. And then the commentators mentioned this in the third and fourth quarter where he would drive to the rim and try and kick it out. And that's not a bad option. Like you've seen players do that. You know, LeBron's made his career on that. That's why he's such a good passer. Westbrook did it for OKC and still does it for um, Houston now where if you're so, so good at driving to the ring and the defense collapses, the pass is there. But if you're willing to just get to that point only to pass, that's when it's so easy to read. Like LeBron had that steal where he sort of went to protect the rim from like try to block Butler from behind and then read the pass. And yeah, he, still, he put up 17 shots and a few of them were off his own misses and offensive rebounds. So I think probably about 13, 14 times he actually went to the bucket to score without getting to the line. And I just thought, yeah, like it looks good at the end of the day, 25 points on 17 shots, still got to the line 12 times. But just the eye feel, the eye test, sorry, and just the feel of it, he wasn't really pushing and trying to instigate any offense. And like you said, he needs to be doing that. He doesn't need to score 30 or anything. But if the Lakers know he's going to pass, it just makes it so much easier to defend the team. Yeah, I just think with Dragic and Adebayo out, you sort of, you know, add it all up. And you can't, in this particular time, I know they built their whole season on it, but in this particular time, you can't expect Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson and co. to to really get it done. So I, I do think that, you know, if you look at it just on a numbers perspective, if Dragic and Adebayo are going to continue to be out, then 25 is not good enough from Jimmy Butler. 13 assists is beautiful, but... He needs at least 30 points because uh, otherwise they're not, as you keep saying, they're not going to fear him uh, on the, on the scoring end of the game. Moving on to the purple and gold, the winners of the game. They've got a guy called LeBron James and they've got a guy called Anthony Davis. Have you heard of either of them? They're the two number one draft picks that are (laughs) supposed to be all right, aren't they? (laughs) Uh, Which one did you want to start with? I'll let you. I'll let you choose. Well, can I talk about my favorite number one draft pick, Anthony Bennett? <laughs> nah. we'll, we'll spend the next ten minutes talking about him. Uh, look, LeBron and AD just make it so easy. You can't sort of talk about one without talking about the other in a way because so many, so much of their game relies on the other one. Um, and I said beforehand that before the series that I didn't think mine would go to the zone all that much when LeBron was on the floor because the he's the best player I've ever seen breaking his own because of his passing. And then I said the next best way to beat a zone is offensive rebounding or being able to shoot over it. <laughs> and those two players you showed today, exactly that. LeBron would just, 
they were playing both quite deep, like on the baseline. And then LeBron would come up to the middle, catch the ball at the free throw line, look around, take one dribble in, the whole defense would collapse, and he's either got to kick to someone in the corner or he's got to pass to AD. And that was just happening over and over and over again. AD, what a day he had. He At one point, he was like he was just carrying yeah. a field goal. 10 for um, 11, I think. Yeah, 10 for and even I think it got to 12 for 13. He finished up 15 of 20, which is... I don't have it with me. Elite. I can't be bothered. 75%. It's elite. 75%. Is it? 70? Yes, it is 75%. Three quarters, 75%. yeah. 75%. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, 15 of 20, 32 points, uh, 14 rebounds, and eight of eight them being offensive. Off- yeah. That's eight the- offensive rebound. Uh, he, he also had a steal. Anyway, AD, again, He's just, if he's aggressive, he's ridiculous. And this is when it's scary. This is when it's scary time if you're coming up against aggressive AD. LeBron James, always aggressive, but mainly in the finals. 33 points and a near triple-double again. Nine rebounds, nine assists. Talking about the Lakers offense, if we're going to get into it. Danny Green, let's just quickly get the the shit parts out. Danny Green and Cole Kuzma need to go. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, I, I'm not a Lakers fan, and I was getting angry. I was like, "This guy is if, shit." If he touches the ball, he's shooting. You know when players look stupid, like they just look like they sort of don't know what's happening. Yeah, so sort of like the J.R. Smith look. He looked like that today. He's just making stupid decisions. So that's Kuzma. I won't spend too much time on him. Danny Green, one of eight from three, and that was all his field goal attempts. He's been sort of bad this playoffs and KCP only made two of 11. So really sort of only was LeBron and AD. Rajan Rondo, your man, three of four from three. And I said that that is the main thing that impresses me about him. If he's going to keep shooting the threes, I mean, it's already over, but it's over. <laughs> yeah. When he's when he's hitting shots, it just changes the, the tone of the game. But there was one point that I one part of the game that really just impressed me by Rondo. And I've always sort of, for so long, we've seen LeBron James teams where as soon as he sits, the other team makes a run because he, you know, when you've got LeBron on your team, that's all you folk. You don't run. We don't create all these plays. You don't have an offense, you know, like Mike D'Antoni, you you have LeBron and he's going to get the job done for you. And then when he goes to the bench, that's where, you know, the, the team sort of falls apart in a way. But when Rondo's in the game, and I keep saying this, it just allows him to get AD the ball and allows him to get inside and look to the corners. But there was one play which I just, I absolutely loved it, where he threw an alley-oop to LeBron, I'm pretty sure. Um, he got fouled, missed the free throw. Then the next play, I think Tyler Hero goes down and scores. So normally from a offensive standpoint, when there's a bucket, you usually bring it up quite slow. And I saw Rondo get the ball and LeBron starts sprinting. And I'm like, all right, here we go. LeBron's LeBron's ready here. He sprints down the court. And then the camera cut and AD is catching an alley-oop and he's throwing it down. <laughs> and I was just like, this is how good he is. He's forcing the team to push it and push it and push it. AD gets in the on the break. There's an easy bucket because I don't know who was defending him, but they're obviously too small because he got there and one as well. But he's just 
instant offense for a bench guy is so critical in this league, especially in the playoffs, and I can't commend him enough. That's a good segue into talking about this Miami zone and their defense, the lack of uh, the lack of effort on defense today. Also, how the Lakers handled the zone today. Uh, LeBron either standing at the the free throw line or the elbow or the baseline uh, just killed this zone. They and you know that became the sort of the nucleus. Get it to LeBron either at the baseline or the middle there, and then he'll flick it. And then AD is too good in the middle or whatever option LeBron chooses. The zone is good and it's it got them to the finals. And they stayed in the game today, Miami. It never really blew up. But you need to you need to put a lot of effort. You need to scramble. You need to swarm, which they've done a lot. And it just I don't know if they've just sort of deflated because of the injuries and Bam. Maybe Bam's a huge leader. Yeah, definitely. Because Bam's so versatile as well when they yeah if they're not if they're playing man you're able to switch him onto smaller guys and when they're playing the zone he's so quick laterally that if the ball's on the strong side and they swing it to the weak side he's able to get across and try and cover that so without him it's just a big hole in the floor there i thought the lakers were awesome with their baseline strategies today and and doing that but again once again the lakers defense is just a good defense i, I don't know if the you got again you got any sort of points on what was significant about it they just they just close out they do what they got to do they they just play the percentages more than anything else there's no gambling for steals there's no um you watch robert williams of the celtics he's the first one that comes to mind every single time someone gets inside he's going for the block whereas the lakers put their hands up play straight and just push them into contested shots and it's just like i said playing the percentages doing the right thing they're drawing charges and it's working. Now, if I had to ask you, what was it, what was it, or who was it that won this game? What would you say to me, Jail? Can I combine two players? <laughs> We've already <laughs> talked about it. It's just these AD and LeBron work so, so well together. Um, and look, Dwayne Wade's probably LeBron's best ever teammate. Kyrie was elite. Bosch and Love are also, you know, good complementary pieces. But no one's fit together with LeBron so well as AD is doing right now. Um, but I think, as, not to mention just those two, I think the BAM injury is just so deflating for Miami because Miami's best lineup out there today was Butler, Crowder, and Iguodala playing as the bigs. And that's it just allowed AD to do whatever he wanted he was, despite putting up 20 shots and playing like incredibly well, so many of those were just catch and shoots or just being in the right place at the right time. Like Rondo had a good wraparound pass to him, um, which is exactly his role. But it wasn't like he was getting the ball on the perimeter and driving time and time again. It was just that they were so small, there was nothing that they could really do that to overhelp on the drive, which meant Davis was free for offensive rebounds so often. Um, and then you pair that with LeBron, who's just, got the highest basketball IQ I've seen ever. You know, it just, it works so well together. So what can the Heat do next game, do you think, to try and try and pluck a win from game three? Well, once again, Bam needs to play. Hopefully his shoulder's okay. That solves so many of their problems. If not, I don't know... 
my first thought instantly was they've got to try and crowd the paint. Don't let LeBron get these easy drives to the bucket. And when they're collapsing, you can't let Davis roam free. Because at the moment, the only way you're going to beat the Lakers if you shut down LeBron and Davis and make the role players try and win the game for you. And obviously, that's going to be ridiculously tough because it's AD and LeBron that we're talking about. But yeah. if you can cram that paint, it just makes it so much harder for them to go to work. So you're going to have to try and play tall. And Myers Leonard, yeah, he wasn't good defensively, but he only played nine minutes and you've got to let him feel out the game a little bit more than that. Olenek played 37. So between those two, they've got to get more minutes between them just to put a body on there, just to not let, even just to box out. Just And like the offensive rebounding today, the Lakers had 16 offensive rebounds. That's unacceptable for the Miami Heat just because you're already struggling. You need to win every single battle you can. Any loose ball, they've got to be winning it. So that's why, I mean, it's it's such a hard task because we've got two guys that aren't good defenders, but they're going to have to eat some more minutes and just try and put bodies on and just be a presence in the paint. Of course, if Bam can come back, that's a big key to trying to win a, another game. But if Bam doesn't come back, the Lakers aren't going to shoot lights out like they did in game one. I, I, As sad as it is, I think this is a better summary of who they are, really. Um, and if the Heat can sort of put on today's performance again, but the things we spoke about, if Jimmy Butler can be more aggressive scoring the basketball and having the Lakers defense more, more scared that he's going to go to the bucket and score, that would be very beneficial for their chances. And as I also agree about trying to give Myers Leonard a bit more of a go, I know it's hard if the Lakers take off Howard and they go just LeBron and AD, but yeah, Myers Leonard has to try and help out with the paint because the clinic, as good as the clinic <laughs> is as a spacer and an offensive weapon, he's, he's not much on the defensive end. So hopefully the heat can take our advice. I know that Spolstra listens to the show. Big shout out. And take out game three. Finally, let's just get to finals MVP watch. I said last game that it's it seemed automatic last game that AD would be the favorite. I'm going to go go ahead and say that again. I would say that AD is leading right now. What would you say? I'm saying LeBron at the moment. Ah, this is why I've got you on the show, Joe. Because <laughs> we always disagree. Well, look, like you can't... Any other series, if one of those players are doing it, they're winning finals MVP no matter what. Um, but to me, and I said this last the last show, LeBron instigates everything. Um, and I saw a post on Reddit after game one, and it was about breaking down AD's points. And he generated eight points off by himself in his first game. Um, so in game one, he had 34, and only eight came from a non-assisted play. So he's either getting catch and shoots or being a lob threat or catching the ball in the paint. So he's benefiting from LeBron's playmaking, whereas LeBron only had like in game one where he had 25 points. I think only eight of them were catch and shoots or coming off the assist. So he's doing it all himself. He's passing the ball. The averages so far, um, AD is averaging 33, 11 and a half and three, whereas LeBron's averaging 29, 11 and nine. So I think those six assists definitely make up for the four point difference. But if, <laughs> if you're a Lakers fan, if this is the biggest debate, you're laughing right now because they're just cruising to the final or to the this is the biggest sorry. this is the biggest debate of all NBA fans I reckon right now it's I reckon it's 
probably no question what the outcome of this series is going to be. So uh, LeBron or AD finals MVP. I just think that LeBron has been amazing, of course, and 33-9-9 today. He's he's looking at that sort of triple-double um, averaging, let me say the word again, you know, narrative or front. And I think that AD, two games in a row, what he's done has been more shiny and more decorated. You know, it just looks nicer to say that AD at one stage had only missed one shot today and he ended up only missed, he hit 75% of his field goals. And I think that might be what drives the voters. If LeBron averages a triple-double and they start saying it on the commentary, then maybe it might tip there. But I'm just, yeah. I'm I'm staying with AD because I think both games, the the hype might be surrounding him a bit more. Anyway, JL, thank you for jumping on for this game two post game podcast. It's been my absolute pleasure, Nath. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. Don't forget to check us out on social media: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are still running that Kobe Bryant eight and twenty four Black Mamba edition jersey. That is an awesome giveaway. Go enter. Go check it out. Next game is Monday, Australia time, JL. We'll be tuning in as always. Yeah, Sunday, American time. So I'll guess I'll talk to you Monday. Looking forward to it as always. Talk to you next time.